Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is Julie Ellenbecker. She is the president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group, and she is a senior wealth advisor. Julie has been in the financial industry for over 27 years, and she assumed the role of presidency for Ellenbecker Investment Group in 2014. Julie's primary role is to oversee the firm's business operations and to continue the legacy of the high level of standards throughout our company. And if you're a business owner yourself, um, you know the peace of mind that you have when you know that your daughter is at the helm of your company. And, um, and she's running it with the same love, consistency, and trust that is needed to be successful. And so for me, I get to inter introduce and to interview my daughter, Julie, who I've known for a really long time. <laughs> and um, I think many of you who are either clients of ours or who are prospects or partners or other entrepreneurs out there and business leaders, you know the difficulty that you have when you want to pass your business on and when you're thinking of retiring and you have literally fallen in love with your clients and your employees and the biggest fear is what's going to happen to your company and for many of us who are going through this COVID-19, it's scary. And I've been sitting back and watching Julie as leading our company, doing the most amazing job, both internally and externally with clients and, and people that we have relationships with. And so I feel that if our teams, if we can look as business owners at our teams, and if we can really have that blessing that the company is maintaining the same ethics and the same love for the things that they're doing. And you know, every successful business is never about the business bottom line. It's always about something much greater and much broader. And so Julie, that was a long introduction for you, but since you're not only my daughter, you're my favorite daughter. <laughs> and uh, this, I really, publicly want to commend you for the amazing job that you have done through your leadership in this um, pandemic. And I guess the first question that many people would be asking is, what is it like to be the president 
of a company in such difficult trying times? Well, uh, thank you for the kind words. I, I don't think I've gone a week uh, in my life without telling somebody that I am your favorite daughter. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, my brothers like to comment that I am your only daughter. And I and I follow up with, even if there were more, I'd still be your favorite. So uh, we'll, we'll put that out there right away. But, you know, managing a firm and leading people during something that's so unchartered as uh, we've experienced with COVID-19 has, has not been without its challenges. And, and for me, you know, our responsibility as a leader is not just to my family, of course, that's very important. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to make the right decisions for our family, but it's also for the company and the 35 families um, that rely on Ellen Becker Investment Group and wanting to make sure that we're leading the community as well and making sure that we're making decisions that positively impact the family, the company, the clients, and the community. And so, you know, it's, it's, interest, it's interesting times. I feel like during the hardest times, uh, the, what we need is leaders who can be positive and show the people that are watching them all the good things that can happen through challenges like this. When times are good, I take the responsibility of helping people understand what they what could go wrong and how important it is to plan for those things. And now when some of those challenges have, have occurred, like right now, I just feel like my job is to help our employees and our clients and everybody else that I come in contact with to see all the positives that come out of times like this. We've been through market cycles like this. This is not new. As a matter of fact, you know, what's happened economically because of COVID and what's happened in the stock market, you know, none of that is a surprise. We knew something was going to challenge our economic strength. We knew something would make the market go up and down. We just didn't know what it was. We didn't know when it was going to happen, and we still don't know how long it's going to last. And I think that's the important thing. None of what we're faced with in and amongst itself is, is a challenge. The challenge comes through the unknown. We don't know when it's gonna get better. We don't know how it's gonna look, what, what's gonna be different. I know we're gonna talk a lot about that today, but those are the challenges that really are opportunities for leaders like myself and, and many other business owners out there. Our challenge is to stay connected to our employees, to our clients, to the community during these difficult times. So, you know, I honestly, I, I can't even begin to describe how proud I am of the way people here have stepped up, people in our community. Um, just listening to your previous radio shows that you've been doing in this series, the, the people that are available to support us and the people that are available to, to come onto the radio show or to make a phone call or to provide education to our clients, our employees, every one of our employees has showed up in their own really, really remarkable and personal ways. So although I think people recognize um, the things that we're going through today as being really challenging, uh, primarily for leaders and, and community and business leaders, uh, for me, I just, every day, I, I'm, I'm amazed at how well things are unfolding. How important, Julie, is it to be nimble and be able to move within the company towards change? And so one of the changes, of course, was prior to COVID, we were meeting with clients internally. We were sitting at our desks and our employees had set up um, 
set sitters and childcare. And we weren't worried about the effects of getting sick. And all of a sudden, on a dime, it changed. And how, how did you deal with that? And how, uh, how did you manage and are managing the stress around it? Well, being nimble is incredibly important. Uh, you know, this is a really fluid situation. I've made hundreds of decisions in the last few months. And many times one decision is a complete change from a previous decision that I've made. And, and so I think understanding that this is a fluid situation and being flexible, yes, for, for many years, you know, we haven't had major challenges like this that have disrupted our home lives and our business lives. And so, you know, we were all going about our business and doing things the way that we'd always done them. And we all have challenges. Every one of us faces challenges at different times in our life. But this is a different challenge because it's affecting all of us at the same time. And so, you know, we recognize that the situation is fluid. As soon as we started to um, understand what, what, could, what, what could happen through this, we started making changes here at the office. And some of the early changes that we made are very different than the changes that we made as we started to learn more. And so for me, my, my entire goal, my primary focus um, in handling this situation from a flexibility standpoint is communication. We have to communicate primarily with our employees so that they understand we're listening to the facts. We're making unemotional decisions. We're paying attention to what is important for our clients and our business at the same time as paying attention to what's important to our employees and their loved ones. And so, you know, being nimble is important, being willing to change, but we can't be nimble alone. We have to encourage everybody around us to be solution focused and to be willing to communicate what concerns are, what's going great, what challenges we're faced with. Um, because these are uncharted waters for every single person alive today. And whether it's, uh, you know, running a business or running a family or doing anything else that is affected by this, communication and being solution focused, those are really the two primary goals that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, use as I kind of weather these challenges. No, Julie, I think you're absolutely right because one of the communication is so important because our employees who are really frontline employees as well, who work with our clients, they, they believe in everything that we do and in the things that you say. And when they trust our company to live up to the promises we're making, um, they're proud of that. And, and they become part of um, who we stand for and our ethics and the, um, the way that they perceive us is the way that our clients are gonna perceive us. And I know that you have always been diligently trying to make sure that however and whatever we provide for our clients, we provide for our employees. So when we come back, let's talk a little bit as the president of the company and trying to work with employees to bring them back in a safe way, because I know that's really a difficult thing for right now, a lot of employers who are worried about this, how do we start up again? And what does that look like? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is the president of Ellenbecker Investment Group, which just happens to be my daughter, Julie Ellenbecker. And 
we were talking a little bit earlier about what it's like to be a president in times like this of a company as a leader. But I know that Julie and I have talked about starting up our company again and bringing people back. And that's, we've been blessed because we are one of those companies that have been able to be open during this time because of course, the financial resources for companies and for our clients is very important. But now it's kind of time to start thinking about what does it look like to bring people back into an organization where honestly, I think I hugged every single one of my clients every time I saw them. We baked cookies. We, you know, it was such a, a touchy feely um, type of an environment. And so that's one of the changes um, that we're forced to look at. Yes, my, uh, my, my poor 17-year-old daughter gets about 30 hugs a day, and uh, I warned her early on in this process that I am missing out on many, many hugs, and I'm not okay with it, but since she's one of my accepted um, housemates, uh, she carries on the, the responsibility to make sure we still get we still get all the physical affection, because it is different, and our business is different, and it has to be different. I'm going, going through a challenge like this has brought many, many things to light. And I think over time, this will settle down. But, but for us, you know, yes, we were deemed an essential business right away. Of course, people need to be able to get their financial information and access to funds. Um, however, very early on, even before some of the restrictions to business started, we had made the decision to, you know, let our employees work from home, especially those that um, had other responsibilities or concerns that made it appropriate for them not to come into the office. And so for many weeks, we have been working remotely. It was a great way as a business owner to test our business continuity plan. Um, because of course, although we practice it, you know, each year to make sure that we've got the right um, protections in place, it was nice to see that, that it actually worked very well. So, you know, although we were, as you said, deemed essential, we did not choose to allow clients into the office our work from home. And again, that was not just me making decisions as it related to our business, but taking into consideration the community and our clients and our employees. And so, um, but now we're, we're in a phase where we have to start to make some decisions around getting back to work. And I've talked to many, many business owners of large publicly traded companies all the way down to, you know, one and two employee shops. And there is no one shoe that fits all. There is no right answer for everybody. The most important thing, and this is what I've stressed as our team has started to come back into the office, is that we communicate with each other and that we understand this is a very personal decision for everybody. And that we don't come from a place of judgment, um, but rather from a place of tolerance because each and every one of us has a unique situation at home. And, and we need to have that grace to kind of move around this reintegration process without the extra stress. Because what, what we're recognizing is that although this is a difficult situation, most people are focusing on the financial side um, of the impact on people. There is a strong emotional um, disturbance that has gone on with almost everybody. And so we need to be aware of that. Uh, we have actually opened our offices back up we have put in some very strong and specific measures in place. For example, we're only operating at about 20% capacity each day. Um, nobody is working in the same close quarters with anybody else. We are allowing clients to come back into the office for face-to-face -face meetings. 
We are able to wear masks if it is preferred for any of the employees or our clients. We're staggering our start times of the meetings by um, at least a half hour and we're only allowing two client meetings at a time. So, you know, I'm here today and it's wonderful to see some of the faces of our employees who I haven't gotten to connect with uh, recently. And one of the things that I'm loving the most is that I get to communicate with the employees that I don't always get to communicate with because usually our office is, you know, much more um, robust and, and hectic during the day. So, you know, the important thing is knowing that this virus is not going away tomorrow. If there was a date that somebody could give me that would tell me that the virus would go away, I would wait to open our doors until that day. If it was, you know, May 7th, we'd wait till May 7th. If it was June, July, August, or even October, you know, if we knew that there was an end date to this, our decisions would be different. But what we know based on the logical information that we're receiving is that this is gonna be something we as a community need to learn to work and live within. And so we've put a lot of measures in place to make sure that our employees and our clients and everybody who comes into our space here is safe. And um, it's not something that I can lead through by myself. It's something that we as a, as a firm need to lead through together. Um, it's gonna take each and every one of us to make smart decisions around the way we uh, you know, connect with each other. And so I feel really good about what I'm seeing the community do is start bringing people together again, slowly, uh, methodically, you know, confidently, and and also, you know, in 15 minutes, I could hang up off this interview and something could change the entire plan. And so it goes back to being flexible and nimble and being willing to change. Julie, when I made the introduction um, of you in the very beginning, I said that you were the president of Ellen Becker Investment Group, but I also said that you are a senior wealth advisor. Can you give a little bit of a definition around what that is? Well, um, you know, the, the word senior does not really apply to me other than uh, as we talk about experience and, um, you know, the, the, the client experience that we've had and the designations and the licensing um, that goes along with my role. And I have a unique role. As you said, I get to spend time running Ellen Becker Investment Group as a business and from a practice management capacity. But I also have a wonderful client base that I work very closely with. And being a wealth advisor gives us um, such huge responsibility and also opportunity to help clients through periods like this. Um, this is a great example of why it's important to have an advocate, a financial advocate, somebody who can help you make decisions that are rational, that make sense, you know, everything that's going on with the challenges we're facing today, so much of it is emotional. So much of it is, um, you know, getting information from outside sources. And so having a financial advocate or a, or a wealth advisor uh, available to you to help you through this process is, is really, really, really important. And that's something that, you know, I take very seriously. And so I've gotten to walk with my clients uh, through this journey uh, not only with my employees, but also with my clients to help them recognize that having a plan in place is the most important uh, peace of mind when going through these challenges. 
Julie, can you talk a little bit about being a fiduciary, which is, I believe that in all, all 25 years since we started our company, that is, how we, that is how we operated. But several years ago, you took the initiative and you actually formally created the opportunity for Ellen Becker Investment Group to be a fiduciary. Well, we have always operated as a fiduciary. Ultimately, a fiduciary just means that you are making decisions in your client's best interest. And, you know, th that is something now as people are looking for partners in the financial planning world that is really important because we're not compensated any differently, whether we trade in your portfolio, we make recommendations, we rebalance. We really are very, very transparent from our costs, from our process. And we make sure that every single employee here is making decisions with the client in mind first. And that's one of our core values. And I just have had the opportunity to do um, a lot of employee reviews here recently. And that's one of the things that I ask myself before sitting down with every one of our employees. Do I know wholeheartedly that these employees that, that we have at Ellen Becker Investment Group are going to make the decision in the best interest of the client, regardless of how it affects our bottom line or their bottom line. And that's the piece that we talk a lot with every single employee. And that's what mean, it means to be a fiduciary. We're going to take a quick break, but one of the things that you and I have really talked a lot about and we've built our company around is the fact that when you pass away, the advisors, your attorney, your accountant, the person that helps with your insurance, all of those different partners that you have in your life is really part of the legacy that you pass to your children. And so when we come back, Julie, let's talk a little bit about how important that legacy of the people that provide advice to you are. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And I have the great honor of talking to my daughter, Julie Ellenbecker, who is the president of Ellenbecker Investment Group. And as we have built our company, we have realized the importance of not only our partnerships, but also providing the best partnerships for our clients. And I think with this COVID-19, I believe just about every single one of us at some point has said to ourselves, I could really perish from this. But the, the question that begs to be asked after you have that thought is what if I did die? Um, who would take care of my family? Do I have the right people in place? Will I always say, will my family look like a bunch of turtles on their back, not knowing who they can trust or what to do? And so, Julie, can you talk a little bit about the importance? You mentioned having a plan, but it's not just having a plan. It's who, is, who are the people that are going to help you execute that plan? I wrote an article a, a few years ago in our newsletter. And the first question that I asked our readers to think about is, what would that first family meeting look like after you're gone? And, and spending some time visualizing that. Like you said, will your family be scared? Will they be uncertain? Will they feel like a fish out of water? Or will they feel confident? Will they understand what your goals were? Will they know what your plan was and how to execute it? My goal has always been to make sure that our clients understand what is gonna happen after they're gone. 
Um, you know, we offer family meetings. We like to get to know our clients, adult children and grandchildren. And we wanna make sure that they feel comfortable so that if something happens or when something happens, um, their, their family legacy will remain intact. That has to do with financials for sure. That's the tactical side of it. But, but the, the, the side that's so important is that emotional side. What, what baggage are you leaving your, your family with? If something happens today because of a global pandemic or if something happens you know, five years or 10 years down the road, I think all of us know that, that something can happen at any given moment. Life is short and we don't know when um, we won't be able to continue on as normal. So the idea is thinking to yourself, if today was my last day, um, how would my family, how would my family be able to unfold my legacy, the financial legacy? Do they know who your financial advisor is? Have they met them? Do they know who your attorney is? Do they have contact information? What about your accountant? Who does your taxes? Um, you know, life insurance, do they know what you have? Do you have an inventory of assets? Do you have a net worth easily available? Have you, do you have an estate plan? Have you picked the right people to facilitate this for you. It's almost like a family recipe that gets passed from generation to generation. If you can have that family recipe available to your family so that if something happens, they know who to call, they know what your goals are, they're not having to make decisions that are difficult, um, especially during a time of stress. I, my goal is that when something happens to me, my family can get together and, and listen to my favorite music and put, look at all of our wonderful pictures and laugh at the memories that we've made together and not have to worry about who's getting what money, um, you know, what life insurance I have, who's, who's in charge of the car, who's in charge of selling the house. I want that to be all figured out so that when something does happen to me, my family can, you know, focus on the things that were really important to me while I was alive, like memories and music and time together and travel. And so if you don't put the work in now, um, it's, it, it'll be a mess. And I see it every single day. It is hard for people to put things together when they don't know where things are. They don't know who the partners are. Um, you know, they don't have that information. They don't have the passwords. They don't know what you wanted. Uh, that's really, really difficult. That is not a family recipe that most people want to pass down to the next generation. Most of us, and me included, as you, want our family to stay connected, not become disconnected because we weren't willing to do the work up front. Right. That's really important. And you know what? People, kids and grandkids, they don't usually fight about the big things. They don't usually fight about, you know, the money, the 401k, the life insurance, because all of that does have beneficiaries and all of that will be washed out um, through the process. It's all the other stuff. You know, it's, did mom want to have this kind of a funeral? How, you know, do we want to, who's going to get mom's china? You know, what did, what do you think mom would have wanted with the, the important things that, that bring memories to the family? You know, those are the things. And then sometimes the big things do cause a problem too, but we have courts and legal procedures that can help iron that out. Um, you know, those can all be avoided by proper planning while you're alive, but it's the little stuff. It's that kind of, it's the, the family connection that is so important. And, and honestly, if you have the right business partners, if you have the right wealth advisor, who's not just looking at your money, but looking at everything else, this is not a daunting task. 
we sit down and do this with our clients all the time. We help them figure it out. You know, just recently, you and I, when we were, you know, traveling together, I was asking you questions like, mom, what do you want for this? What kind of things, how do you want this to pass? You know, here are some items that you have. What do you want to go to what grandchild? Um, those are things that if you can guide while you're alive, it makes the transition so much smoother and really um, improves the opportunity for future connection with the next generation. It truly becomes a celebration. Julie, one of the things that we haven't really talked about, and because we are an investment company, is you know the economy, portfolios, how they've fared um, during this time. And one of the things that I know you and I have been just so happy about is that our clients have really, really have said, I am so thank God I'm with you. <laughs> I am so grateful that I found you. Or I wish I had found you 20 years ago, but I'm so glad to be here. Um, can you talk a little bit about the impact of COVID-19 on our clients' portfolios and what we're seeing? Sure. Well, you know, in the simplest uh, explanation, I encourage our clients and, and every investor to break their portfolio into two buckets. Either you've got buckets in the stock market, um, investments in the stock market, and that's gonna go up and down with the volatility that we have, or you have investments in fixed income, and fixed income isn't gonna go up and down with the market. Um, and if you can look and say, okay, some of my portfolio is affected by the volatility, and some of it's not, we find that that provides a lot of comfort and ability to weather this volatility. You know, it's important that every single person has a component of fixed income. Fixed income is things like a, a savings account, maybe a CD, maybe a bond, um, a, a bond pooled asset, or maybe an individual bond. Those are investments that are available to you uh, that are not very volatile. And so that's really at the kind of simplest level, we look with our clients and we say, okay, how much do you have in fixed income? We wanna make sure you have enough in fixed income so that you can weather the period of volatility. Like I said, we knew there would be volatility. We knew it was coming. We just didn't know when or how long it would last. And so we still don't know, is this, is this um, undervaluing in the market gonna last another week? Is it gonna last another month? Is it gonna last a year? two years, five years, we don't know. And so the important piece is to make sure you have enough fixed income to weather a period of volatility so that you never have to sell the investments while they're down. And so in the simplest sense, that's the first approach we look at with our clients. How much of your portfolio is affected by stock market corrections and how much is not? And then there are many, many strategies that we can take advantage of. Uh, while the market is so volatile. And those are things that we've talked about in the past and written about in our newsletter, but a down market doesn't mean a bad market. And that's really, really important. When things are stressful or, or when changes happen and when there's a lot of unknown like we're experiencing right now, it's many of our natural instinct to immediately think that it's bad. Well, Julie, as a matter of fact, it could be quite the opposite. A down market does not mean a bad market. One of the things that you often say, and we'll just take a few seconds here, is nobody wants to go to the store and buy stale bread. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, uh, you know, that analogy that I've said in the past has to do with uh, making sure that you own high quality investments. I know quality can be very subjective. 
um, just ask a room full of people their favorite ice cream, and uh, everybody will, will have a different a different favorite ice cream. So quality can be somewhat subjective. But when I talk about um, things being on sale right now and the stock market being down and, and maybe a volatile market not being a bad market, that means there's a lot of opportunities out there. There is a lot of opportunity to buy really great investments for a less lesser price right now. Things are on sale. Um, and then I jokingly say, but you have to make sure it's something good. Because if you told me stale bread was on sale, it doesn't mean I would rush to go buy it. It just means that it's on sale. But if you told me, you know, something really great, like my, my favorite gelato at the ice cream store was on sale, I would go buy that. And so you have to make sure that what you are buying is high quality and that it will rebound when the market rebounds. Everything is on sale right now, but it doesn't mean that everything is a good buy. My guest today is Julie Ellenbecker. She is the president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And we, when we get back, let's talk a little bit about how, what can someone expect or how do they select a financial advisor? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Julie Ellenbecker, and she is the president of EIG. And before we took the break, I thought it might be a good idea just to help people understand, um, I guess, the importance of an advisor you talked about already, Julie, but how does someone go about finding one or determining that it's the right one for them? And what should they expect? Well, having a wealth advisor, as we talked about um, in an earlier segment, is, is like having a financial advocate. It's like having somebody that you know who's going to have your back and is going to have knowledge. You know, we all have those friends or those family members we rely on uh, when we need kind of a clear head or a fresh set of eyes. Well, having a wealth advisor is really important, but not just somebody who's managing your money. Um, managing the money is a part of it, but somebody who's going to ask you questions that you might not even know need to be discussed, somebody who's going to recognize um, when you need a little extra attention in a certain component of your financial plan, somebody who's going to understand all of the different parts that make your plan work, and certainly somebody who's going to be responsive and available when you need them. You know, there is a difference, a huge difference between um, an investment advisor and a wealth advisor. And so, you know, I've had to go and speak at schools before through career development programs. And I, I'm asked to come and talk about, you know, being, a, being a, a money manager or a financial planner. And it's kind of funny because when I start talking about what we really do, I can see some of the kids look at me and say, wait, am I in the right, am I in the right program? I thought this was going to be a lot of math. And I thought we were going to talk only about the stock market. And although that is a very important component of what we do, picking a wealth advisor is, is totally different. Finding somebody who is knowledgeable in, in every component of your plan, not even just the insurance and the taxes and the estate planning, but also, you know, communication and mental health and retirement goals and being able to be available to you to help you understand how your finances are affected through every stage in life. My last article on the newsletter, and if anybody's interested in reading it, you can go to our webpage and check it out at ellenbecker.com. But my last article was managing finances through a mental health or addiction crisis. You know, what does that have to do with money? Well, it has a lot to do with money and, and making sure that you have advocates who understand 
that every single life experience you have has to do with the money. And if they can help you integrate a plan that is going to be able to weather any challenge, whether it's COVID-19 or a mental health addiction or addiction or a death in the family or the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or a divorce, um, all of those things uh, have a big impact on your financial plan. And it's really hard to find the right person when you're going through a crisis. When the skies are a little bit sunnier or you have the time to talk to a financial advisor um, and start to develop that relationship, it is much wiser to do it um, when, when you're not going through a crisis. Now that doesn't mean if you're going through a crisis, we don't want you to give us a call because we absolutely um, would love the opportunity to be here for you and to help you through that process. But if you're not going through a crisis, it's still a great time to develop that relationship because having somebody here that you know has your back that you can trust that is making decisions and recommendations in your best interest that's a person that you want to have on speed dial um, so that when you're starting to feel a little unsure or things are starting to feel a little rocky or you have some really great exciting news that you want to share um, having that person having that advocate is really gonna is gonna help you through any any of life's challenges and joys so julie when you talk about being an advocate when they're going through a variety of different crises, how important is it to make sure that someone that you're working with has vetted out different people in the community that you can use as resources? And in addition to that, within our company, we have several um, different advisors who specialize or are very informed in certain areas. Um, I think of Jamie, he's just fantastic because he comes from a banking background and helping our clients with mortgages and mortgage lending and coming up with unique solutions and ideas. But we have several, several of our advisors and partners that we can refer people to that they can trust that we have vetted out. All of our wealth advisor teams have a depth of experience and knowledge and special interests. Uh, we have videos on our webpage, uh, again, at ellenbecker.com, where you can watch short videos to learn more about each advisor team. Uh, but it is important to try to find somebody that you have a good fit with, as well as somebody who can refer you to other professionals, like you said, attorneys and accountants and uh, you know, any other providers, insurance specialists and Medicare specialists and, yeah, and having somebody that comes with just experience in the business. You know, Ellen Becker has been in, in business almost 25 years and, and we've just built a huge long list of wonderful, wonderful people, not only inside Ellen Becker Investment Group, but in our community and the professional community. Uh, that that we've been able to build these long relationships with and and so if there's somebody that you're looking for you know I always say start with us first because we have lots of lots of partners that we can recommend um, in all different areas it might sound funny to call us and you know ask us for a realtor recommendation or a mental health professional or um, a charitable organization to get involved with but those are all things that we've had lots of experience in and you know we get our best ideas from our clients Julie, talk a little bit about the importance of the role of education. And then I know that's going to take us pretty close to the end for us. But I also think giving back is something and helping others is something that we have seen from COVID-19 within our community. But also, we've seen it within our clients and with our employees. And it is a very important part of our values 
and one of our values being gratitude. Yeah, so we have many core values that we live and breathe by here at Ellen Becker Investment Group, but the ones that really, really uh, jump out and are important during times of crisis are um, education, because right now what we're seeing in the world is that you have to make decisions that are logical, that are based in facts, and we have to use our common sense and our emotional intelligence. And if you turn on the news, um, a lot of that is lacking out there uh, in mass media. So we want to make sure we have the right information to make decisions. Service, philanthropy, and gratitude are also three of our very important core values. And right now, life is hard for a lot of people. Life is hard for most people right now. There are a lot of challenges and, and uncertainties that make all of us concerned. So I'm encouraging our listeners, our clients, um, my family, to lift your head out of the sand and to look around and see where we can do good and see where things are, are going well. You know, it's like the bracelets, the little rubber bracelets that we have in our office here that say celebrate what's right. It is very easy to look out into the world and see what's wrong and to focus on all the things that aren't working. But what really is hard to do and very, very important to do and makes a difference in the world is looking at what's right. Celebrate what's right because it does not, it's not hard to look around and see what's, find something that's working, find something that's great. Lift our head out of the sand, look around and see where we can make a difference because there is a lot of opportunity out there to share good and positive information, to share facts, and to be of service to whether it's your neighbor or a coworker or a family member, and, and to express gratitude because those are the things that are going to shine on our community and on our world when we get out on the other end of this really difficult um, global challenge. Everybody is trying their hardest to do the right thing and to make it easier on everyone else. Julie, thank you so much for um, doing this. You are doing a fantastic job. You have made your mother proud. Yeah. <laughs> have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262 691 3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.